listening to Rattle and Pedal, diversion thoughts on marketing and growing professional services firms. Your hosts are Jason Malicki and Jeff McKay. So Jeff, last time we talked, we had a guest on uh, named Jeff Munn, and we talked about fear. Actually, we talked about fear in firms, fear in people, and how it shapes success or, or lack thereof. And you know, when we finished it, I kind of said I felt empty. I felt like we hadn't covered the ground as deeply as I wanted or I'd hoped, perhaps. And so I want to go back to that discussion. Actually, I want to go. I want to keep on this track of fear and talk about the fears inside firms that block us and hold us back. We talked about the fear of feeling stupid, but I want to go beyond that and talk more about it. So I'm going to let you be my guide on this, but <laughs> but that's kind of loosely what I want to talk about. As, as, as you were introducing the topic, I had this this thought when we were talking about lead management in one of the podcast series. You said that opportunities are leads are attached to people. How did you word that? Isn't that what you said? I don't think that sounds like it, what I would say, but I, I think I would always say that a lead is a person and people have problems and those problems represent projects, which are essentially are opportunities. Yes, but there's a person in there and you don't connect with a problem or an opportunity, you connect with a person. Yeah. So you have to build a relationship with that person. And it made me think that firms are full of fear or they have a particular fear that kind of shapes their culture. But those fears are, an organization in and of itself isn't fearful. Individuals are fearful. So you can't talk about you know a firm-wide culture or fear without getting it down to to the individuals. So we'll be bouncing, I'm assuming, back and forth between, you know, a firm fear and an individual fear, a collective fear, if you will, within an organization. That may be splitting hairs, but it seems relevant to me. No, it seems relevant to me too. I have a root level question for you before we go deeper on this. And it, you've studied behavior of individuals, behavior of, of cultures and firms more than I have. So What's your sense of professional services firms in general? What what drives them? Is it more fear of something bad happening or the promise of something good happening? You know, what, <laughs> what I mean? Is it, <laughs> are we pursuing success or are we trying to avoid failure? That's overly simplistic, but. You nailed it, right? This is opposite sides of the same coin. And that probably came naturally to you because you're a marketer. Right. And the whole point of marketing is understanding the motivations of the buyer. So to me, it's just a logical extension of what we've been trained to do. There are all kinds of theories and philosophies and opinions on, you know, do you lead with fear, uncertainty and doubt, FUD, or do you sell the dream? And the answer is yes. And those messages are going to resonate with different people in, in different ways. And as marketers, our job is to figure out which one resonates with the people that we want to connect with. So I think you're spot on. Okay. So let's look underneath this. So the one fear that we exposed last time was this notion of fear of, of looking incompetent, you know, fear of stupidity, I think we call it, looking stupid. And we talked about that being something that's very real inside of subject matter experts, inside of even practice leaders. You know, I always described it as this fear of 
of exposure that, you know, after, after 20 years of practicing this, what if I don't know what I don't know? And suddenly I'm exposed as a fraud. And that's sort of like what it's kind of manifests itself as other, I guess, maybe I'm, I'm kind of curious inside of the firms you've dealt with through the years, what are the other fears that you think percolate or you you've sensed are there inside of individuals, even if they're not talked about? Sure. I think there's definitely this, this fear of, and, and I think this is why you see this in so many value statements within firms of lacking integrity of you know, being bad or corrupt in some form or fashion. And one one might say, well, all human beings should strive for integrity. Well, yes. <laughs> but what's the motivation behind that? Because it's the right thing to do or because you're fearful of the other side of the coin. But this type of fear manifests itself. And, and I would say this is this is the type of fear that probably exists in, in law firms a lot. You know, there's one way of doing this. There's a right way of doing it. And to not do it that way would be inconsistent and would lack integrity. So these are, you know, kind of rule books, you know, my way or the highway type of thinking that there's a singular way of doing something. And that type of mentality manifests itself because of an underlying fear. For me, this came up in the discussion with Jay Lobbs because I think a lot of firms have always prided themselves on being objective, right? So when it came to technology, it's always objectivity is what we're going to give you. And he kind of just blew that up. He said, I think that's ridiculous. He's like, I think our clients look to us to do the homework, figure out what the best solution is and make bets on that solution. And I just thought that was really interesting because I think a lot of firms listening to that were probably highly offended by that comment and they just couldn't believe it was being said. You know, no, 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 we, we're, we're here to be objective. And if we make a bet on something, that's going to imply, you know, a lack of integrity. So that's where it jumps out to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great one. Kind of the the flip side of the the fear of being incompetent or looking stupid, which is really, I think, built around a more intellectual interior life, you know, of, of learning and absorbing information and mastering a particular skill. Those types of personalities, because they're so interior, don't have the same need for relationship with others. You know, they don't fear not being connected. But I think another significant fear within firms is relational fear of not being part of the in crowd, of being on the outs, if you will, with groups or other individuals, because their fear is not being liked. So they do all kinds of gymnastics in order to make sure people like them. And that fear is driven by two dimensions in my mind. You know, the first one is just being connected with with individuals and wanting to be liked. But the second one is being left alone and to have to fend for yourself. The second type of fears is not one that's built out of deep relationship. It's a relationship 
of utility or necessity, but they're still the same fear of being outside of relationship with others. And I think this is particularly strong types of fear in 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 partnerships well, where you, know, you got to get along to go along and you know you don't want to be ostracized in any way and it's one of those fears that i think leads to <laughs> a lot of distorted decision making often where you know those that are more focused on the fear of of competence and objectivity they're like well Let's just make that decision that way without the ramifications of being known on people. This fear is almost the exact opposite. Everything is subjective. There is no objectivity to it. I mean, is there a flip of that sort of a fear of lost autonomy that, you know, you you get a lot of firms where, I shouldn't say a lot of firms, there are people within firms that love being sort of in control of their own destiny, control of their own client roster or whatever. And sometimes maybe the firm, I see this manifested, you hear this sometimes in firms with CRM, where people will say, well, these are my clients, these are my contacts, not the firms. And there's sort of this cultural disconnect inside the firm over who owns these relationships. And there's a push and pull around that. And I think whenever the firm tries to do something that's more about building the firm's success, sometimes there's this feeling of, well, you're taking away my autonomy. So is there a fear of that, 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 you know, is the the flip of this? Absolutely. There is this fear of being controlled by others for whatever reason, nobody will dictate to me what I will do. And this really is a fear of being hurt of being harmed in in some way. So it's almost like, hey, before you get to me, I'm going to get to you. So it's a very preemptive type of fear. And you see this, I think, in a lot of quintessential American leaders, if you will, that hard driving, we got to get this job done. And it's really driven by anger. You hit me, I'm going to hit you back twice as, as hard type of mentality, if you will. And all of that is based in the fear of being hurt. These are people that want to be in charge so that they can control their environment, but they're controlling their environment only to protect themselves from others. You know, you see this manifested in all kinds of ways, but it's so many, so frequently we've bumped into firms where the marketing unit just doesn't even have permission to really market to the the client base. The people that own those relationships won't let an email go out the door that doesn't come from them. And it just always struck me as incredibly unhealthy that, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's a firm, right? And the firm's trying to grow. And when you've got individuals sort of throttling the activities that can enable growth, it seems really bad. I have another fear I'm going to throw out there. I call this the fear of getting over our skis. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Which is just this concept that I see happen in firms where you start to talk about a really big idea or a really big market opportunity or something that's that's maybe a little bit outside the comfort zone of the firm. And you get this response, well, t- time out, you know, we're, 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 we're engineers, we don't do that. Or this, we don't do that. And there's this kind of 
pushback that says, well, that's, that's too big for us. That's too big of an opportunity for us. That's too big of a problem for us to solve, whatever it might be. You're having a discussion about something that could be much bigger and much maybe more profitable, more successful than the firm's current reality. And there's this fear that somehow we're not worthy of that or something. That that's someone else's problem to solve, not ours. You know, that's 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 beyond our skill sets. Hmm. Um, the, at the heart of that fear is security, right? That that makes us unsafe. Hmm. And that getting out over your skis, and anyone that can relate to that metaphor knows. <laughs> Whoa, you know, you're out of your security zone, and you feel that tightness in your stomach immediately. And I'm not even sure if the idea is that's not the thing for us to do. Somebody else should do it versus that's such a stupid idea. Nobody should do it because it's not (laughs) safe. (laughs) This type of personality shapes its entire life around security and the minimization of risk. These are the people in the room that are always saying why you can't do something. And you need those people in the room. If you are a leader, you need one of these people on your leadership team because these people see the risk so that you can discuss the risk and manage that risk accordingly. And I think we talked about that in one of our podcasts on how to evaluate growth opportunities of looking at everything that could cause this thing to fail and then building the solution to engineer those things out, which to me is the whole concept of the BS of PS that we've talked about is you have to recognize that these attributes exist in a firm and your solutions need to engineer them out in order to affect change and grow. But you need this type of personality and this fear on your leadership team because it's going to give you a healthy perspective on reality. You're listening to Rattle and Pedal, divergent thoughts on growing your professional services firm. Your hosts are Jason Malicki, principal of Rattleback, the marketing agency for professional services firms, and Jeff McKay, former CMO and founder of strategy consultancy Prudent Pedal. If you find this podcast helpful, please help us by telling a friend and rating us on iTunes. Thank you. Now back to Jason and Jeff. Yeah, it's funny. As you were talking, I, I, I picture the EOS model. And in the EOS model, there is the visionary and the integrator. And the visionary is the leader of the, the organization whose job it is to sort of see limitless potential, untapped opportunity, innovate, create new ideas. And then the integrator's job is to bring it to market and build control around it. And when I think about the clients I've worked with through the years, a lot of times you'll you'll see when things are successful when you can when you can see those two roles inside of the leaders. You, you can sense that there's a person here whose job it is to rein in the all those big ideas and figure out which ones can work and which ones should not be pursued and build process around stuff as well. I had a good friend, well, well, still a friend, one of my good friends from business school who spent, I don't know, almost 20 years as a venture capitalist. And he always joked that 
you know, his job on the partnership team was to basically kill ideas because everybody else in the partnership team, they'd fund everything they saw, right? I mean, every, every idea that, that came to them, oh my God, that's amazing. That's incredible. We totally need to do this. And his job was basically to build the case, you know, why not to do it? And he, he's like, I, he did that for decades, you know, just, he was the gatekeeper, right? At the end of the day was to, to kill the deals so that they would not constantly do bad deals. And so you kind of need that yin and yang inside of an effective leadership team. So- Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. In the interest of time. So here's where I think I want to go next. So how do we as leaders, I mean, what would you suggest is, I mean, there's all these different fears. And I think you rightly describe them as that your culture, you know, your firm does not have a fear. The people within it have their own fears. And your job as a leader is probably to, to understand them and, and figure out how they block success or how they can enable success and, and how you can you know, drive growth with the team you have and, and, or the team you need, right? So how do you identify this? Like, I mean, I guess, what would you suggest a leader do to, to get a handle on, you know, the, the innate fears that exist within their team that are, you know, potentially blocking growth and blocking success? Boy, what's the meaning of life? I thought you already answered that. I ask you oh this question all the time, and every time you say, what's the meaning of life, you still haven't answered these, it. So I don't know what you've been doing in all your free time. Huge, these huge questions with no easy answers. We talked about this with Jeff last week. There is a tool, the Enneagram, that I, I really like that examines our human nature and a lot of these fears we, we talked about. In leadership, to me, There's all different kinds of philosophies around leadership, but for me, leadership is a deeply spiritual exercise. I think I've said it before when I was doing my career testing as a youth, I was told to be a teacher, a psychologist, or a priest. And instead, because I didn't like any of those constituencies, (laughs) I got into marketing is it marketing really, all three? And I hit all three. <laughs> and I hit all three. And what leaders need to do is invest time in understanding human nature at its deepest level and understanding that we all have these innate fears. And this is where I think Jeff Munn really excels. And he even jumped right in on our podcast, talking about how he got into meditation and and talking about panic attacks and anxiety in law school. Who wants to admit that? I don't think many people want to say, oh, I suffer from anxiety attacks. That takes courage and vulnerability and being able to, to say that. So I think it's important for leaders to know that those fears exist and be open to them. And when you start to appreciate that people are driven by some kind of fear, and of course, they're driven by some kind of positive dimension of that as well. As we said, they're opposite sides of the same coin. You start to get more attuned to what is a real motivation within people instead of, oh, you know, we're going to give them more money, we're going to give them a title, or we're going to give them whatever, you know, your traditional kind of HR rewards motivators. Those only work to overcome some of these fears, not all of them. So as a leader, I'd encourage you to go deeper in understanding these internal motivations that go beyond 
traditional kind of Myers-Briggs or DISC or, or something like that to more deeply understand these fears. And probably most importantly, Jason, that work needs to start with yourself as a leader. Because if you start looking at yourself and gaining an appreciation for your own fears and what's truly motivating you, you'll be amazed at the empathy that develops for others out of that. And it's almost magical by building that self-awareness of your own fear, you become attuned and more understanding of others' fears. I totally agree. There's so many things swirling through my head as you were closing that out and thinking about how we go to rap. But you know, the, the interesting thing to me is just, like you said, uh, some of this is, is learned, right? You, you have these experiences and you look back at them and I can think, I'll, I'll just speak to a personal experience real fast. I remember at one point in, you brought up Jeff kind of owning that kind of notion of anxiety and, and, one, and at multiple points in my career, I've, I've managed people who have come to me and said, you know, I, I'm having panic attacks. I'm having anxiety issues. And and looking back, and both times it's happened, didn't really know how to manage it. Right? I was like, I didn't know what to say. Didn't know what to do. And of course, the interesting thing was, as the leader and owner of the business, my gut reaction was to to see it as a sense of weakness that this is mm. a, a person who is weak and probably not up to the job was sort of like your your gut reaction. But you had to step back from that reaction quickly and say, well, time out. And that, that's probably not the right response, the right emotional response, nor the right you know, spoken response, of course. But the better response would be to try to step back and say, well, wait a minute, how do I, how do I understand what this is, to your point, what this is manifesting and what it means about this person and how we, we can help them be successful? Absolutely. Most of the leaders that we deal with are very good at planning and executing you know, plays, but if they really want to realize the growth potential of their firm, it's not those things which are important and they're fundamentals, but the real difference in getting the most out of your people is understanding these motivations at their deepest level. So all I'm saying to leaders is you're already doing this other stuff probably pretty well, now it's time to take your game to a new level and delve into this area. Yeah. And you will see you will see a huge difference in your culture and the growth of your firm because you're going to have more robust and meaningful planning discussions, you're going to have more fluid execution and I I, I even think when you start creating cultures like this you know, recruiting gets easier. It's there's there just so many benefits to it. Wise words to end on, my good friend. All right, let's wrap this. I, I feel really good about this two episode series and helping us think about all the fear that that <laughs> that shapes us in the leadership teams that we work with. Uh, you know, especially uh, for for listeners and firm leaders. And I have some thoughts on where we're going to go next, but I am not going to reveal those right now. <laughs> Oh, I love the anticipation and the suspense. Same bat time, same bat channel. There you go. All right, man. See you. See you, buddy. Thank you for listening to Rattle and Pedal, divergent thoughts on marketing and growing professional services firms. Find content related to this episode at rattleandpedal.com. Rattle and Pedal is also available on iTunes and Stitcher. 